You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brain space, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, here for another day, another summer day. As the weather is very keen to remind everyone, it is pretty blazing hot in Nova Scotia today. Like, out in a tank top just trying to, you know, keep cool and just, it is not happening out there today. It is very hot, very hot, especially if you leave your car out in the middle of the day. So, you know who else was hot? Last night, Aaron Sanchez, we're going to be talking about him in a second. We're we're going to be kind of catching up, I think, on today's episode of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast and talk about uh, a bit of news from, from the past week involving a couple of Jays figures in the second half. And then, and then we'll probably preview tonight's contest, the series finale between the Blue Jays and Red Sox and, and maybe see what to look for when it comes to watching that finale and Sam Gaviglio going on the mound for the Blue Jays. Get your popcorn ready. He takes on Eduardo Rodriguez. So, you know, fun times. But, again, we'll start with last night's contest, which was a good game. Like, I I don't think anyone can complain about the entertainment. That last night... The one nothing loss to the Red Sox was the definition of a throwback game. You know, it's the type of game that the old timers like, oh, back in my day, we had pitchers, and pitchers knew how to throw baseballs, and they didn't have these balls going all over the park, and blah, 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 blah. Charlie Matheson, blah, blah, adios. You know, old timer stuff. Anyway. It was an old-school pitcher's duel last night, and you kind of expected that from David Price. As I tweeted out before last night's game, Price was a 20-3 and career record against the Blue Jays heading into tonight's, or last night's game. It's 21-3 and now, but I think the bigger surprise was the form showed by the Blue Jays starter on that night, Aaron Sanchez, who... It's It's been imperative for the Blue Jays that one of their goals for the remainder of the 2018 season has been figure out what's wrong with Aaron Sanchez and fix him. And last night, Aaron Sanchez looked fixed. I mean, it was it's the best start Aaron Sanchez has had, arguably the entire season. And don't give me starts against Baltimore. Those don't count. Anytime you give up 10 runs in an inning, your team gets demoted to AAA. Call up Durham. That they can replace Baltimore, give North Carolina a team. But no, that was that was far and away Sanchez's best start against a premium opponent, going seven innings, three hits, the one run coming in on a wild pitch, which that that inning it's it's tough to watch because you feel that run could have been prevented, but in a game like last night's one run was going to be the difference. And it, it's it's the equivalent of watching a 1-0 hockey game and the goal comes on like a, a scrum in front of the net. And uh, 
Thomas Holmstrom's poking it in because that's what he did for Detroit. And they still hate Thomas Holmstrom to this day because that's what he did. He just parked himself in front of Patrick Waugh. But, no, it was one of those, like I said, an ugly throwback game. And this was a throwback start for Sanchez. Again, something sorely needed by the Blue Jays. His longest outing of the season, not counting that game against Baltimore. Because, again, beating up on Little Leaguers doesn't count. Got six strikeouts. Only needed 91 pitches to complete those seven innings. Because that's that's been the huge thing for Aaron Sanchez. Is his pitch count this season has been unacceptable. And, and quickly elevating. And, and we saw that in the August starts against Philadelphia and Miami. He needed 85, 84 pitches to get through four innings, four and a third innings against those teams. So the fact that Sanchez would be able to go out there, be very efficient, and and do a lot of the things that we're used to seeing Aaron Sanchez seeing, moving his fastball around and, and fooling hitters and, and not getting a lot of hard contact and using that fastball to set up his other pitches. His curveball looked really good last night. It had a lot of good movement. It's almost like a slurve the way Sanchez throws it, which I think baffles hitters a bit because they're expecting that kind of straight drop when it just curves away from those those right-handed hitters. And it was working last night. And, and it was so refreshing to see that from Aaron Sanchez. You wonder if he needed a little bit of time coming back from the disabled list, you know, feeling where his finger was at and and trying to determine that. But again, it it was dominant, it was effective, and it was calm and in control. And again, that's something that's not been associated with Aaron Sanchez this year. Calm and in control is not adjectives for, for him, especially past the month of April when the wheels really started to come off this Blue Jays season. And that, again, that's huge for Sanchez to be able to have that and and for his confidence as well. Like, yeah, it's a loss for Aaron Sanchez, but he went toe-to-toe with David Price and he very nearly took him out. And I think that's the biggest thing for this Blue Jays team. It's the goal for the entire rest of the season is get these players up, get them some confidence, get them accustomed to the major league level and get them back performing at their peak with the veterans that they plan on keeping around. Aaron Sanchez is key to the Blue Jays' success. All these fans who say, oh, trade Sanchez, trade Stroman. No, they should stick around as long as the Blue Jays have them under contract. They should stick around and be a part of the future plans for this team when they start to get in a position to contend. It won't be next year, but it'll be the year after that. And that's when the Blue Jays will need arms that are battle-tested. That's why they have guys like Sean Reed Foley and Ryan Barucki and Thomas Pannone up now. They need these guys to be battle-tested. And when you have a couple guys who are already battle-tested and who will be coming into their prime, once once these Tulewitzki and Martin deals come off the books, that's where the money's going to be thrown. And whether or not Aaron Sanchez accepts it, because Scott Boris will do Scott Boris things and just basically be greedy bugger, but that that's what the Blue Jays need to see. That's what they need confidence in, that they have that ace who can go out there and deliver a performance exactly like the one they got last night. Sanchez isn't all the way back to his 2016 form, but last night was huge to get him to that point. And 
Yeah, like if the Blue Jays manage to do more off of domestic abuser Stephen Wright, who will never not be referred to as domestic abuser Stephen Wright because garbage people get those crimes attached to them always on this program. So I was very happy to see Rowdy Telez continue his streak going with that double off of domestic abuser Stephen Wright. It's a shame the Blue Jays couldn't get him around to score and kind of take Sanchez off the hook. But... You know, like I said, it was one of those ugly games, one of those one of those down and dirty, you know, one mistake's going to cost you games. And that's baseball. The Blue Jays coming out on the wrong end of it. We're going to talk about some other non-baseball things still involving the Red Sox, as well as other New York Metropolitan teams right after this. So a couple of stories this week that we haven't really gotten to because we... I, I admittedly focus more on games during the season while I have games to discuss and focus on and take away points from. So I I admittedly don't focus as much on the off-the-field stuff. And there have been a couple things going around Major League Baseball involving the Blue Jays that I feel we should touch on now while we kind of have a breather and can talk about them. And the first is the trade of Josh Donaldson came out this week in a story by Ken Rosenfall in The Athletic that numerous AL teams were upset that Josh Donaldson was traded on August 31st. And the Astros asked the commissioner's office for clarification. They were satisfied by the response, according to Rosenthal, which is fine. But the Red Sox and Yankees were both complaining to Major League Baseball. In Donaldson, the Indians, that's not fair. I mean... I'm sorry? You you don't get to cry about this? Are you kidding me? The Red Sox and Yankees moaning that a team is buying up all the good players? Oh, boo! Freaking who? You don't get to voice displeasure about this. You don't get to say anything. Hell, the Yankees and were supposedly in on Donaldson. The Red Sox don't need him. They have Rafael Devers. But no, the Yankees were supposedly going after Donaldson, and they would have shifted Andahar the way Cleveland shifted Jose Ramirez. So absolutely shut your mouths. You do not get to say anything on this. And it's... It, 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 I, I barely have the words for for the Red Sox and Yankees blowing. And like, as, as if I needed more reason to hate the Yankees, what with their Trump-loving GM and their let's keep our players looking like 1950s military recruits policy. You made Andrew McCutcheon's kid cry that he had to shave his beard off. Come on. Like... Like, just absolutely ridiculous. They, they might be more upset than the fans of the Blue Jays that Donaldson got traded. And honestly, I have zero sympathy for the Yankees. I have slightly more sympathy for the Red Sox, but just just absolutely ridiculous that they're, they're going to complain to Major League Baseball at that, that. Just give your bloody heads a shake. And if you're really that worried about it, I mean, it's Cleveland. They're winning the worst division in baseball this year. If you're confident, you're really Yankees have to worry about Oakland first of all. So maybe maybe focus on the team that's just gonna like defense your butt out of the postseason after one game, and and focus on that before you even think about worrying about Cleveland because Cleveland's probably gonna play Houston. So 
whatever. You can battle and play Cleveland for the right to go to the World Series. And if that happens, it happens. So settle it on the field. Don't be whining and complaining behind the scenes. What are the what are the Blue Jays getting out of it? Julian Merriweather, you, you have said Julian. I, I actually think that'd be poetic justice. If, if, if two years from now, if the Yankees and Blue Jays find themselves in a wild card play-in game, and they have to stare down Julian Merriweather in like the seventh or eighth inning. I, I'm, I'm projecting Merriweather to be a reliever. I know he was a starter before the Tommy John surgery, but I think he's going to fit into that Shapiro and Atkins plan of, of using starters as relief arms and, and seeing how that works. I, I would love to see Merriweather come on with like two, two runners on and just with Aaron Judge. I, I think that would be poetic justice. So that that's something I'm looking forward to. And then, as if the Yankees fooling around with the Blue Jays weren't enough, the Mets got involved via a report, an ongoing report, that the Mets are looking at Mark Shapiro to take over as president of the club, maybe looking at luring Ben Charrington over as well to be their GM, the former Red Sox general manager, to kind of be a tandem there. And the reason is that... Mark Shapiro has links with Omar Minaya, who's a former Mets GM who's still in the organization. He's a former Expos GM as well. And and like he would he moved from Cleveland to Toronto. Why wouldn't he move from Toronto to New York? First of all, who wants any part of the Mets right now? The Mets biggest thing this year is that David Wright is going to come back and play a final homestand for them. He hasn't played baseball in like two years. I, I don't know if this generation of fans knows how good David Wright was. They just know him as a ghost that haunts the Mets payroll. So that that's the biggest thing you got. That and you have a Cy Young winner who might not win 10 games because your offense is that bad. So if if the Mets want any part of that, good luck. And, and if you think Shapiro is going to wander over there, just, oh, we have two arms that might not break yet, but we don't have any offense, so whatever. We might be good in three years if you can get us some good offensive prospects to put around Michael Conforto. Like, why, why would Mark, Mark Shapiro want in on that? And then second of all, why would he want in with the Mets franchise in general? I mean, this is a family that's been teetering on the brink of, of bankruptcy. This is a family that lost millions to Bernie Madoff. The Wilpons got bilked by by Bernie Madoff, showing showing that business acumen that that family has. And you think they're going to be hands off enough to let you manage a club like like? Don't get me don't get me wrong. At least Rogers Rogers will will do the payroll and that's it. The Wilpons, I I have no doubts that they. Are, are more the Peter Angelos type of owners where they kind of get involved in things and, and are trying to sign people just to draw names. Why else would they sign Jose Bautista? Like, I love Jose, but he was washed after Atlanta. So they they signed him to, to be a name. They signed him to, to chase milestones. They're bringing David Wright back. They didn't even want David Wright back because they want to keep his money off the payroll. But David Wright's like, no, I'm I'm going to come back. I'm going to play this final homestand. going to end my career on my terms instead of just sitting out two years. Wilpons didn't even want that. Like, that's the only way they get fans out to City Field. They didn't even want it. So the Mets are a joke of a franchise. And if Mark Shapiro is foolish enough to jump from Toronto to the Mets, then the Mets deserve him. So 
I don't see that happening because I think Mark Shapiro is smarter than people give him credit for. Like he, yeah, he got bilked in Moneyball. That's that's Mark Shapiro's claim to fame that he's the guy who gave up Ricardo Rincon in Moneyball. But he's he's smarter than people give him credit for. So I don't buy into this rumor at all. So just whatever. If it if it happens, great. Like again, fans will get their wish. They'll get another another guy in who's probably not going to do as good of a job. But that is what it is. So that there's my two cents on, on a couple of topics that have been swirling around the Blue Jays as of late. We will focus on tonight's matchup right after this message. All right, we are back. Going to look at tonight's game. Uh, as we said, Sammy G, Sam Gavilio goes to the mound to try and stifle the Red Sox in the ways that his compatriots Ryan Barucki and Aaron Sanchez did. I'm not holding my breath on this one. I gotta be honest. Um, I'm, I'm just looking for Sammy G to get through five innings, honestly, because that's been, that's been his problem as of late. He's shown an inability to work deep into games, and he's lucky that the bullpen is very well-rested thanks to Barucki and Sanchez the past couple nights going deep into games and, and really limiting what the pen had to do. I mean, we've only seen Tyler Clippard and Ryan Tapera and Jake Petrishka. So, so there's a lot of fresh arms down in that bullpen that the Blue Jays can turn to for Sam Gavillo, and they probably will have to. Like, Mark Leiter is probably going to come out. We'll see Danny Barnes. We'll see David Polino. Because Gavilio, when he's not facing Baltimore, has shown little ability to get past the sixth inning. Like, he only has one start of more than six innings against a non-Little League team this season. That came June 6th against the Yankees when he had that that brilliant seven-inning performance and didn't get a win because, you know, Blue Jays couldn't hit. Which, shock. But no, the bloom has been off the rose for a while. Sam Gavilio's out there essentially to eat innings, and we'll see what he can do. The bigger thing is going to be getting that offense going again, because once again, it's a Blue Jays series where they're not generating a lot offensively, only nine total hits so far off the Red Sox pitching staff. And like that was a bullpen game on, on Tuesday, so like there was no real excuse for them to not be be able to get something going there. And then last night, again, David Price, just pure David Price last night. There's not a lot you can do on that one. So Eduardo Rodriguez is kind of working his way back from the injury that he suffered against the Blue Jays, that ankle injury. He looked really good against the White Sox. I believe he had 12 strikeouts against them. So... That's going to be the big thing for the Blue Jays is just being able to get their offense going again and get, you know, consistent pressure like they did previously when they were um, having a relatively good series against Cleveland. Just, Just being able to maintain that kind of pressure on Rodriguez, who, you know, like I said, he came back, he had that 12 strikeout game against the White Sox, but he struggled against Houston 
in his home start, and he only lasted three in the third. Boston's probably going to be careful with him because he might be an arm they turn to in the playoffs. If they go Porcello, Sale, Price as their main three starters, I think Rodriguez would be their fourth because they're not trusting Eovaldi anymore, and they're not they they don't want to see Drew Pomeranz ever again. So that'll be the interesting thing. And I, I think John Gibbons is going to go younger with his lineup again. Um, he does he does have some bats who could use some more experience against Eduardo. Teoscar Hernandez has a, is a 200 hitter against him. Lourdes Gurriel is three for six, which that's great. That's going to get him in the lineup. But I'm expecting to see like a Reese McGuire come out and catch Sam Gavilio. Uh, I'm expecting maybe Dwight Smith Jr. to get a start. Billy McKinney should get another look. And they're, they're going to continue throwing out this younger lineup, maybe with Kendris Morales in there just to be that power bat. Maybe Justin Smoke if they want to give Rowdy the night off. Because I, I don't know if they really want to do that. He's continued to hit as he's done. Like I said, he had that big double last night. Still batting above 400, which is pretty pretty nice given he's been up for a couple weeks. So I don't know if they really want to put a damper on that momentum for Rowdy. They'll probably keep him in a lineup and, like I said, either use Smoke or Morales at DH and then have one of those guys available to pinch hit later like they did last night. But that's the sort of thing I'm going to be looking for the Blue Jays to do tonight. And I will be watching tonight. I hope you're all watching with me. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Locked On Blue Jays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Check out the Twitter feed at Locked On Jays so you don't miss an episode. Uh, check out Locked On MLB for all your MLB news across the league. And follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18 if you just want to chat during a game. You know, give your takes. Fan Friday coming up tomorrow. So we will be doing that. I'm, I'm not sure what the plan is for potentially a Saturday show, but we will play that by ear and and try to make sure we get all the content that the fans deserve because, you know, I care about the fans. I, I, I will say I am, I am a Blue Jays fan as well as a reporter and I do my best for you guys. So, you know, I hope you appreciate it. Thank you all for the notes of support that you've given me over the past little bit. Again, always appreciated, and we keep doing this for you. So for everyone here at Locked On Blue Jays and Locked On Podcast Network, this has been Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care.